From the Financial Times in New York, I'm Amy Keene, and this is FT News. Earnings season is once again upon us, and on Friday morning, J.P. Morgan and Wells Fargo kicked things off for the big U.S. banks. And as our U.S. banking editor, Ben McClanahan, wrote earlier in the week, it's been a good time to be a banking investor. The combination of higher interest rates, lower taxes, and lighter regulation have all lifted valuations across the sector. But what do the underlying results from the fourth quarter of last year tell us? And to discuss it all, Ben joins us by phone, and in studio with me is U.S. financial correspondent Alistair Gray. Hi, both. Hi there. Hey. So, Ben, what's the overall picture from the sector today? Well, for, from JP, the biggest by market cap and the sort of talismanic uh, leader of the sector, uh, it was it was fine. Uh, there's lots of noise in all this. Uh, the tax-related charges are dominating discussions among analysts. On the call this morning, uh, the word tax came up 71 times. It was exhausting the frequency with which we returned to that. It, it's all to do with the deemed repatriation of overseas profits. But for JP Morgan, of course, a huge global business, this has a big effect. The overall focus was, was not so much on the one-time charges, but what the overall um, new regime means for, for longer-term profits. And um, Jamie Diamond was unequivocal. It's good news for everyone. Uh, that, that, that includes employees who will stand to get more money, uh, higher, higher base wages, uh, better benefits. He also referred to customers are getting better pricing in future. Yeah, we'll see about that. But of course, uh, for, for the bank itself and for shareholders, uh, I think the good news is more obvious in, in the short term. It means that their dividends and buybacks will probably go up this year in the uh, the next round of the stress tests. Uh, they'll probably make a bigger request to return more capital. And Ben, there was that one sort of special item, a, a single loan loss of more than $100 million. Yeah, this was um, this was very interesting. It, it's connected. Uh, the bank confirmed to that South African conglomerate, uh, Steinhoff. JP was one of the banks in this enormous loan that was secured against shares in that company. Of course, the loans are now worth as little as, as the shares are. JP and um, the, the CFO, Marion Lake, confirmed this was the biggest ever loss they'd had in this uh, this margin lending business. And I followed up to ask, so what does that mean? Are you going to insist on that? lower loan-to-value ratios in the future? Does it mean that you're pulling back in this business? And the answer, no, partly because the pain is shared among so many banks in that syndicate, and partly because it's J.P. Morgan, and they've got a fortress balance sheet. They, they can easily shrug off a loss. You know, it sounds very big, but uh, this is $25 billion of net income over the year. It doesn't really matter. And, Alistair, moving to Wells Fargo, uh, investors didn't seem too excited by the big tax boost that Wells is getting. Why not? Yeah, and uh, Wells has, unlike um, J.P., taken a an upfront benefit to the tune of 3.4 billion dollars um it doesn't have this uh, repatriation that issue a problem that jp does so that's nice but um investors as you rightly note weren't too impressed by that and largely looked beyond that accounting gain to focus on uh, the underlying business whose performance is rather patchy and people were especially concerned by yet another uh, litigation charge that Wells has taken. Some of that is a bit historic. Um, I should say $3.25 billion worth of um, uh, litigation accruals. It's a big hit. Some of it is historic, pre-crisis mortgage abuse stuff that other banks have um, already settled. Wells hasn't yet. That's up to the authorities, actually, in what order that comes in. More recent stuff, though, as well. This huge... Um, mis-selling fake account scandal that erupted almost 18 months ago now they're still um, adding to provisions for that there'll be more detail about what these charges comprise later in the month 
but they're also just a regular business of banking at Wells. Not, nothing disastrous by any means, but a bit ho-hum. The closely watched net interest margin, for instance, you might expect to get a big boost from the Fed's rising interest rates, but that hasn't happened. In fact, they've ticked down. And cost-cutting, that's a pretty big focus for the bank. What are they doing there? Yeah, that's become a big um, part of the turnaround story now under Tim Sloan, the new CEO. And on uh, Friday, the bank set out uh, more detail about how it plans to cut, I think it's $4 billion a year, shave off the annual bill by 2019. They're going to be cutting about, coming on for 900 branches across the US over the next three or four years, including 250 this year. It's quite interesting this because um, unlike its biggest rivals, Wells hasn't yet done big paying back of its branch network. You know, the bank's saying that this is just in response to its customers. You know, people are using more online tools and you only need to visit the branch for um, big events, not the more transactional stuff. And they're stressing they'll only um, have as many branches as the customers want. But clearly it is part of cost-cutting efforts. And just to wrap up here, anything we can take away from these two bank results for the rest of the week? There's uh, still quite a bit more to come. Yeah, there's, there's plenty more to come. Uh, the fund begins again on, on Tuesday. The Citigroup and Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley also following in, in hot pursuit. But JP's results, um, the investment banking, particularly the, the trading part of investment banking, wasn't so hot. Uh, fixed income uh, sales and trading revenues, depending on how you strip out or include tax, is off about a third, which was you know, much bigger most analyst estimates. And I think we're going to see that weakness spread across Wall Street. Deutsche Bank already has said uh, that it's down 22% year on year. And of course, Deutsche's a year ago wasn't as good as JP's. So I think that's uh, that's an abiding concern uh, for, for the rest of the banks. But, but overall, uh, Alice is right that the picture has been brightened immeasurably by this corporate tax reform, which is boosting profits instantly. Uh, Mike Mayo, probably the most famous analyst on Wall Street, uh, he, he put a $4 billion figure on, on on the benefits for JP this year, which the bank didn't uh, row very violently against. In fact, Jamie Dimon put a $3.5 billion figure on it. The, the point is that all of that, almost all of that, will flow to shareholders. All right, well, much more to watch in the week ahead. Thank you, Alistair. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.